right? You know, you can't come out and check the accuracy. <laughs> yeah. I get microgrades. I don't really talk like this. I talk like this, homie. That's like, you know. Hey, everybody. I'm Elise Real. And I'm Isha Bell. And this is Full-Time Black Women, a community for Black professional women to live, laugh, grow, and feel the soul. What are we talking about today, Elise? Today's topic is Black Office Anxiety. Uh, the story of every Black person's world. I know. Life. I know. I mean, now that we're older, it's office. But when we were younger, it was school or extracurricular activities or neighborhood. Whatever you can think of. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So it's, it's one of those things that um, that second word may change, like you said. But black and anxiety seem to go together at times. If you're black, you you might be anxious. You might be a little and anxious. You have so many reasons to be anxious. And as we have shared with stats before, hello, the leading group of people who deal with anxiety are black women. Mm-hmm. So this is an excellent topic, especially with people returning back to work because of the uplifting of the restrictions when it comes to the pandemic this is the time to talk about it yes and that's exactly what we about to do so yes we are talking about black office anxiety what is it well black office anxiety is the space most professional black employees are dealing with at this very moment it is the scenario laid out by the pandemic of Black employees feeling anxious about returning back to the office as the COVID restrictions are being lifted in most states. For the past year, most of us have experienced the opportunity to continue being employed during this unpredictable circumstance by working from the safe haven of our homes. And just to clarify, like safe haven has meant multiple things. It's meant uh, free from germ exposure as well as free from the headache that can come from being in the office. So the most, ignorance, exactly. So most, I mean ignorance, ignorance. No ignorance. I heard nothing <laughs> wrong either way. <laughs> so most employers are now in the process of calling employees back into the office, or as they like to call it, returning to work. Quote unquote. And most Black employees, especially full-time Black women, have wrestled with the dilemma, should I or shouldn't I? Yeah. Today, we're going to discuss Black office anxiety and see why it even exists. And is it possible for it to be eliminated completely? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was something in my throat. It was something in my throat. I understand. I understand. It was, it was, it didn't even feel right leaving my body to be said, but at the same time, you know, yeah. we gotta, we gotta be hopeful a little bit, a little bit. You're right. That you, you are so right to lace. <laughs> we gotta have some hope in order for us to keep going on and keep getting treated like we're crap. Oh, That's geez. the only thing that fuels us. Oh no. Oh no. I don't like where this conversation went. <laughs> I mean, because the conversation, it got to be real and it has to be raw. True. Like we said before, people are not talking about this. They may mention, oh, I don't want to go back to work or, oh, my goodness, I can't stand my coworkers. But why? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that way? Why do you get knots in your stomach in the parking lot mm-hmm. before you have to go inside the office and put on a fucking monkey smile for eight plus hours? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel the need to uh, your cheekbones are hurting and swollen at the end of the day because you're doing this fake ass smile to make other people feel comfortable? But you are completely uncomfortable all day long. You are tense. Yeah. There is tension yeah. in your shoulders, yes. in your body, in mm-hmm. your mind, in your spirit. And mm. then it comes out into your health. Yep. And then you don't take care of that because you ain't got the time to do it because you got to make sure other people are comfortable. This is what we're talking. Yep, I'm anxious. Ooh, so, okay. yeah, we're going to talk about. You went in. You went in. If y'all wasn't it's ready true. when this started, y'all better be ready now. Clearly. It's a lot. It's true. Black office anxiety is the 
majority of our day. It is. The majority of our day when we are in these spaces, in these places that make you feel as if you are less than mm-hmm. on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. And then when you find that little glimmer of hope, that little piece of people just leave you the hell alone. Yeah. Here they come. It's been a while since I bothered you. Here yes. I have to, I haven't talked to you. You ain't got to talk to me every day. <laughs> I'm okay. You don't need right. to check on me. Right. Right. Last time I checked, I was adult. I don't need any supervision. I don't need any babysitter check-ins. I'm okay. Thanks. Appreciate you. Not really. You're quiet today. Yeah, motherfucker. I'm in my peace. I'm working. Leave me alone. Just because y'all can walk around the office and chit chat and talk about apple picking and all types of things and how your lives are just so damn easy. All the time. Oh no, they're gonna find some hard they're gonna find some hardship somewhere. They gotta complain about something. True, but it's still easy. Still, whatever they f- can find to to be that one complaining factor that they bring to the te- table as some type of oppressive nature to it. No, your life is easy. Yeah. Nobody right. is trying to keep you from living another day. Exactly. Let's be real. So, oh, geez. Okay, Elise. Let's just go ahead and get into this commercial break. I'm going to calm down. Yeah. Y- y'all, we'll be back. Trigger warning. I am so tired of going to the grocery store. I, I love it most times, but I just don't want to be around everybody. I just want to relax. I want to make this easy for me. So, I... Well, I really think we should all be on Instacart. I think that's the way. I mean, that makes sense. But hey, you ain't got to be out here saving the world, sis. You just <laughs> save you. That's what you right? need to do. All right. Unplug for not only the social media, but also the rat uh, race out there in the grocery stores. Preach. Go ahead and click on that link. Fulltimeblackroom.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. And you too will be able to get your groceries delivered to your friend. Oh, boo. Yes, get it in your robe with your slippers on when you're buying it without anybody <laughs> got, th- got things to say about you. Shop. Yes, <laughs> right. get your food in shop, your bonnet. Yeah, Shopping shop your bonnet, <laughs> sis. Okay, living your right. freedom. And not only that, save you some coins too. Cause we ain't trying to be no Burkisha, no funds. Right. When you shop on Instacart, you are able to get access to the coupons and the deals that they highlight every single day. Click on the link for fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. Right. They get all the latest and greatest best products from multiple stores available just for you. They highlight all the deals. They make suggestions for you on things that you might want to try. Just go ahead and do it. Click on the link in the show notes, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash to get your free delivery on your first order over $35. Yeah, when you get that free deliver on your first order over $35, it helps us here at Full-Time Black Women Podcast to continue to bring you some self-care and everything else that we can to make your life a little bit easier. Click on the link, fulltimeblackwomen.com forward slash Instacart floor slash. We're back and I'm feeling a lot better now. <laughs> I tell you what a commercial break can do. Oh my goodness. All right. so you ready to get to those stats for that ass absolutely let's go ahead but we can go ahead and get started with those stats for that ass hey stats for that ass we bringing you the facts with some stats for that ass hey okay So a new survey by Future Forum, an organization led by Slack that focuses on the future of work. They found that Black knowledge workers reported a 50% boost in their sense of belonging at work and a 64% increase in their ability to manage stress once they started working from home as opposed to going into the office most days. Mm. Wow. Who knew? Exactly. But wait, there's more. So the findings reveal an unsettling reality. Is this it? is what we already done. This all we already done knew this, but it's it's, it's an unsettling reality to them. Right. It's okay. To them because they don't want to do it. Right. Oh, Office centric work has been deeply uncomfortable for many Black workers who are subjected to microaggressions and discrimination on the job. Wow. Oh my. 
gosh. Who knew? Can you believe that, Elise? No, I can. Elise, I'm, I can't even pretend. Like, no, no, right? It's Make just, your stomach hurt. Like. Yes, so gross. Like, really? Really? You couldn't tell folks was uncomfortable at the office. Black folks was uncomfortable. You couldn't tell when we would scurry away after one of y'all appear when we were just trying to have our little bit of peace in a congregation to talk about our lives and days without interruptions from Karen's and Jeff's trying to get all and in the business to figure out, figure out what we talking about. Like we were trying to plan an uprising. No, we just, we're trying yes. to, we just trying to relate. That's it. We just want to have a sense of community amongst all the, the craziness, which is white corporate America. That's all. That's all. Can't even have that. But the thing about it is that, I can see how they did not notice that we were uncomfortable. Because we're excellent actors. This is true. Let's make sure that we've been taught from knee high on up mm-hmm. of how to act around white people yeah. and around people who are different than us. So I could get how they just like, oh, I, I didn't realize you felt uncomfortable here. You're always smiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah. It's plastered on, but we have to have that double consciousness. You yeah. know, like we talk about it all the time. You get people, you allow people to see a certain part of you in the office, but not your full self. Right. And it's not to say it. that you, you have to protect it, but you cannot be your full self because it doesn't align with the majority of what society believes is considered professional or mm-hmm. whatever, you yeah. know? So we have learned how to put on that clown makeup and put it on nice in the morning and that mask and everything else. And now having the opportunity to work from home, it's like, wait, I could do my job just as good as, if not better at home. Then in the office, and I don't have to feel that extra stress on me 40 plus hours a week. Yes. She. <laughs> <laughs> it is an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. It really is. And it's yeah. just, it's crazy how much you get done. It's amazing yeah. how, how productive and how much you can actually focus on. If you do enjoy your job, you can enjoy your job. Mm-hmm. without having all of the extraness. So let's let's just get right on into it because there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack, a lot to uncover. And let's just, let's just go ahead and start. So why do Black employees feel most comfortable working remotely? Um, we're dealing with the topic of Black office anxiety. Number one, the first reason we feel most comfortable is the elimination of code switching. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Code switching. There's so much around code switching. Um, some love it. Some hate it. Some use it regularly. Some advocate for the um, but for getting rid of it completely. Um, it has its pros and cons and its haters and its lovers. But the past year has given us the flexibility to um, have work arrangements that allow us to reduce the need for code switching and the pressure to adjust your style of speech, the way you say things, how you say things, even your appearance and your behavior, which can sometimes cater to the comfortability of your white colleagues. So if you're not familiar with code switching, we did a whole episode on it. Um, Death to code switching. You can check that out as a prior episode, but Basically, it's is simply that when you change the way that you interact, either verbally, um, by your style of speech, your tone of voice, um, how you show up in the environment and things like that, um, code switching. Basically, the thought process is that it allows you to maneuver a little bit better um, by making those around you more comfortable and making you more relatable i don't want to i don't it's like you're emulating emulating how they speak in order for the norm to continue exactly yeah so 70 percent of white professionals said they have a good or very good sense of belonging at work while 54 while 54 percent of their black counterparts feel the same so you have a situation where you have your white co-workers there's there's no sense of being excluded. 
because they are the majority oftentimes in mm-hmm. their corporate spaces and things like that. They're the ones that set the rules. They are the ones in society who set the standard for how things should be. But when you have yep. black employees coming into these predominantly white spaces, especially when you try to move up in rank, um, it becomes less and less comfortable for you. It becomes more and more a sense of um, how much of myself can I keep in this space without creating red flags for my counterparts to put a bullseye on my back or put a stereotype in my face or give them to make me feel like I don't belong. Make it, yeah. Exactly. Making you feel like you don't belong. Alert, alert. We have an intruder right. and intruder. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how educated you are, how skilled you are, how talented you are, what your level of degree is, how properly you speak, Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are famous or if you are regular schmegular. If they don't think you should be there, they will let you know you shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the elimination of code switching definitely makes a difference because code switching is tiring. It is tiring to sit Girl. there and have to Ooh. mentally edit yourself and be mindful of the way that you say things. Um, to remember to enunciate. Granted. That- Girl, I could barely read a stats <laughs> for that ass. Okay. I could barely read a stats for that ass. And now you want me to be on point for eight plus hours? I'm just saying. While smiling hard. Right. While trying to sell somebody. Yes. Ooh. All of that. The pressures. But I would have to say the elimination of code switching. I think that's excellent because most of the time when you are working remotely, most of your communication is through email, Yeah, you know, or through IM. So you don't have to speak face to face to somebody. You don't have to worry about somebody walking up behind you. Hey, you got a minute to talk about this. Like you don't have to worry about the little tap on the shoulder or the knock at your door. Like you can be in your own area and you get to control that environment yes. and that level of yeah, you control so the accessibility. That is that is really huge. That's the word. Yep, yep that's I the got word. you. Yeah. I got you. I knew what you were saying. <laughs> but yeah. yes, controlling yeah. access to you is huge. And yeah. I just I, I I used to be one that used to code switch a lot. And I thankfully, even when I was in the office um in my later years here. Um, I had scaled back and reduced my code switching to bare minimum, if at all. Um, and it felt so much better. But now during the this time where I've been able to work from home, haven't had a need for it. Haven't haven't mm-hmm. felt felt the need to do it. And that pressure release feels amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Elimination of yes, code switching. Is. That's that is a one ultimate. layer of the uh one layer of the stress uh, onion peeled off. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> the stress onion that is corporate America. Okay, so the next one next reason why black offense anxiety is at an all-time high for those who half half. Mm. I heard the next wrong. reason why <laughs> The black office anxiety for those who have to return to the office is because of psychological isolation, Mm. you know, Um, psychological isolation is when people of color deal with isolation when put in environments such as a workplace, which is unwelcoming most of the time to particular folks. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there was another study that was done that showed that 97 percent of black employees. Let me start over. Ninety seven percent of black employees are pushing for hybrid or full time remote work models compared to only 79 percent of their white peers as this rush to get employees back to the office is currently going on. Mm. So only three percent. Of us, it's like, yeah, no, I want to get back into that office. I just want to sit there. And I just want to eat cheese sandwiches and just talk about everything. <laughs> exactly, just talk about everything that's going on and just that. Only three percent of us, because we're like, 
They work in black offices. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Russell's like, hell no. Nah. I do not want to be there. Now I know that my job is capable because that's what another thing the pandemic has done. Yep. It has shone the light on a lot of these employers who lied prior to Corona that the job was not able to be completed remotely when that was brought up as an option for flexible work arrangements. And then Corona's like, hold my beer. <laughs> and made things happen. Right. Okay. Made things happen to the point they could no longer deny that it was cap- we were capable of doing that prior to, but we were forced to do it so much. So now that we know we could do it and we feel the relief of how it feels just to be in your own area, your own space, your own mind space too. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really important. It's not just a physical space, yeah. but it's the mind space. That's what we're talking about, the psychological isolation. Yes. 97% of us is like, nah, something got to change. Mm-hmm. I can't go back there five days a week. Yes. Something has to change. Yes. Hundred percent, and you have said it on numerous occasions, and we've continued to say it here on the podcast that work from home has been the black employee's safe haven, like this safe space. Yeah, work from home, yeah. and it's like you said, it's definitely psychological. Like you feel safe at home, you in your own space. You know the level of cleanliness that you keep in your home. You know, the mm. level of, of sanitation and things like that, as far as keeping the germs outside and, you know, the cleanliness inside, you know, that mm. degree, you know, um, where the folks in your uh, immediate circle who are in the home, you know, where they've been, most circumstances, you know, where they've been, who they've interacted with, with and what germs they might be likely to bring in this place. You also know how uh, you work best. You don't have people looking over your shoulder, trying to um, constantly critique and edit and and discredit what it is that you're trying to do at the job while you're trying to do it. You can work to your heart's content. If you are a full time black woman, you typically wear a lot of hats and you are able to manage those hats naturally because you are in your own space and don't have the commute time to figure out. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of things involved, but that's safe. That that feeling of comfortability, that feeling that I don't have to deal with white caucasity bullshit every day. Like I I don't have to, I can limit the access. Once again, I can limit the access. Yeah. I, I can I can limit um what I take in, what energy comes to me. The energy is not physically around me. So I do feel a little bit safer in that respect too. But emotionally, I can turn it off. I can turn off the computer. I can walk away and not be in the immediate space because it's hard to walk away when you're in the immediate space and feel safer. If you can leave the building, sometimes that helps. But at the same time, you're still but on you the property. you got to go right back. You got to go back. Exactly. <laughs> you got to go. That's the depressing part where you realize you got to go back like that. My lunch break over already. I could have swore. Right. Gosh. Yes. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> and especially for those who happen to be the only one in these environments, like I can only imagine how much a relief it is to be able to work from home and not deal with those um, that that isolation feeling. Yeah, like with the psychological isolation, it's not just when you're in environments. Uh, just well, no, it is based on being in an environment that's unwelcoming. But why is it unwelcoming? Mm. You know, like you just mentioned, being the only one. It's not only being the only one. Sometimes you have to be the representative mm. for all black people. Yes, because you are the only one. You're the only person of color or black person that they come into contact with. Out of their entire week, Mm -hmm. you are the vessel of everything that's blackness. So when you are the vessel that's everything is blackness, that means you are the representative. That means you're supposed to know the entire history. That means you're supposed to be able to speak on every issue that may come up that has to do with the black person. You, I need to come apologize to you because what happened to that black person? I need to come and talk to you. Do you really feel like that because you're a black person? Or also it could be in a situation where not necessary they want your input on things they probably don't want to deal with you at all mm-hmm. because they're 
circle and their environment is very closed off to outsiders and you just happen to be the outsider. So that isolation, that psychological isolation can also be physical as well. Mm -hmm. So it could be, well, just sit her over there so we don't have to deal with her or whatever. Or let's have this cooler talking when she walks into the room. It's kind of like, hey, what about the Yankees? You know, the subject is being Mm -hmm. changed and everything else. So just constantly feeling uncomfortable and just uh, uh, pushed aside is something that a lot of us deal with. And sometimes we could be one of many, but you still have those who make sure that you realize that you are different. Yeah. And the sad thing is that that, uh, when you're in a situation where you're in one of many, sometimes the many ain't as friendly either. The, the <laughs> toxic aunties. Yes, them toxic aunties make it just as isolating, if not more isolating, because you think that they're the ones that'll be on your side, especially if you're newer, they'll help guide you, they'll welcome you mm-hmm. in and come to find out they just as bad, if not worse. Because now you're getting it from somebody who looks like you. You are yep. you are ready to and prepared to a certain de- degree to take on that isolating feeling from the counterparts who don't look like you. But to have it come from another black woman, as you yourself as a black woman in this space, you thinking you got camaraderie and you got competition. You got uh, <laughs> like what? What is that? Right. Oh my yes. goodness. And I think this is a great transition. Just psychological isolation is another great transition into the third. Um, reason why black employees feel most comfortable working remotely. And that is they get to take a break from microaggressions. Like they, they don't be micro sometimes. They be macro. I know. And they be coming rapid fires. Like somebody got like a little AK yeah. and it's just right. And it's just nuts. Um, so anyway, taking a break from microaggressions. Um, 53% of black professionals are treated fairly at work, says the study, while 74% of whites said they are treated fairly at work. So you have a good amount of folks who are black who do not feel like they are treated fairly at work. And that's, I still feel pretty high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that 53% is, is probably exaggerated. Um, yeah. Because there are so many occasions where we are are just being attacked with microaggressions, whether it's um, whether it's, you know, questioning your work or asking about your hair or what. I was about to say, make sure you put that hair. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should have been number one. But, you know how things come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, asking about your work, your hair, the type of food choices you make. Um, goodness. And I don't know why. Your that, clothes. It's just everything. No, your degrees. Just questioning you. Know, your you. projects, your credibility, all everything, of that stuff. Everything. Like, and the sad thing is, it's not like being black is just one aspect from which microaggression can come. If you are a woman, you're also getting Mm -hmm. it from that angle. If you are younger, you're also getting microaggressions from that Mm -hmm. angle most times because they feel like you don't know anything because you're too young or they feel like you um, can't relate logically to something because you're a woman and you have to be an emotional creature or they feel like uh, because you're black, you're obviously not supposed to be in this role and in this realm. So therefore, they will question everything that you do. So, and once you combine all three of those, heaven help you. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. So microaggressions have limitations when working from home because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind to a certain degree because you're not in the office for them to see you constantly eight hours a day. So. And feel the need to speak on you because they see you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Perfect. They, Mm -hmm. they can't attack what they can't see. So when you're yeah. at home, you have a bit of a barrier because they, they're not seeing you on a constant basis. you you don't become front of mind to them um, because you don't stand out to them anymore. Um, mm-hmm. They're the only, I'm not going to say the only, the way that the microaggressions can come through is if you have a 
known bully, a known microaggressor who tends to figure out ways through email or telephone calls or Zoom conferences. Um, Those are the main points of contact, telephone, email, and Zoom. But those can still be limited because it becomes a, what can happen is just a sense of decorum. People have a little bit more respect when they are amongst a group and there's some judgment that can be placed on what they're said, what, what they say. So when they don't have the, you know, like how comedians will go um, on tour and they'll be at, at a venue and the joke becomes bigger and more funny when they get the first laugh. So like they might throw the joke out there. It might be a tester joke. And once if it gets a big laugh, then the joke kind of continues. He can build off of it and it continues to go further. But if the joke or the microaggression in this instance doesn't get a response or reaction from a crowd kind of thing, or it doesn't, it doesn't have a, a big impact where it can be seen. I feel like it, it has it's less of a, it has less of a power and there's less of an incentive yeah. for the person who throws it out there to actually throw it out. Um, unless they're just an asshole and that, you know, that's another subject. But they're going to keep trying. Of like I was to say that. That's not, that's not going to stop them from keep trying. But yeah. also I feel like work from home, you are able, like you mentioned before, to block those micro- microaggressions mm-hmm. by the accessibility. Um, people tend to themselves be more comfortable in their home. So they don't feel the need to be on the attack. Mm-hmm. They don't feel the need to be on the prowl to try to make you feel less than, or, That's you know, point. like they got their own stuff going on. Um, but also I think when you work from home, the microaggressions kind of, they don't dissipate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they always gonna be around, but they, like you said, the the impact is not there as much because mm-hmm. they don't get to see your reaction initially. If it's through an email, mm-hmm. they don't get to see your facial reactions or the tension in your shoulders or maybe even the mean stare that you have to give mm-hmm. them if they were face to face. They don't have the chance to come up and just walk into your space and your where you're working and just get close to you by intimidating you through their body language yep. and everything else. Um, also, I feel like when it comes to microaggressions, sometimes people it's like it's too much of an effort to yes. adjust their behavior to try to impact yours. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I, because some people can't write an email with microaggressions. They right. can't figure it out. And they don't want to put it in writing because that shit could go to HR. Um. So yes, like you said, people got to change up based on their audience mm-hmm. with the comedians and stuff like that. Like that's what they have to do. If some of them don't want to go the extra effort, it's not really worth it. So you in a way have this protective barrier against you mm-hmm. of dealing with these uh, habitual Line steppers. Yes. These HLSs. <laughs> Goodness. Um, but I think that's a good place for us to go into a commercial break. And when we come back, we can talk about how can employers change the work environment to make black employees feel welcome. And it could be more than just three percent of us talk about, ooh, 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 I want to go back. Right. So you should I've been seeing all types of people with all types of things to say on social media. I don't know why they keep playing. They need to just join Buzzsprout. Yeah, joining Buzzsprout just like we did will allow you to not only get your messages outside of just social media, but to the entire world. You get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. Yes, just click on the link in the show notes, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash, and that will qualify you for a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. All you need is a quiet space and the right equipment to get your message out to the world. Use that $20 to get you a good microphone and some headphones and you will be all set. Yeah, you'll be all set because guess what? At Buzzsprout, you get a team of people who are passionate about helping you succeed. They are really quick to respond back if you have any questions questions or you just need a little helping hand just to get to the next step go ahead click on the link fulltimeblackwomen.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash it not only helps us here at full-time black women but we are able to actually get you the push that you need to move forward right so get your message out to the world on all the major platforms every, every apple platform what? <laughs> I think that's it. That's all you need to know. Every platform. Boom. Click it- the link in the show notes. Yes. You will not regret it. Believe me. Baby, baby. So 
how can employers change the work environment to make employees, black employees feel welcome? Well, commitment is a must. Yes. Commitment is a must. Now, did we not hear the summer of 2020 that changes were coming to these work institutions because of the civil unrest? Mm. Did we not hear that companies were going to be making this true, true effort to try to make everyone feel welcome because diversity and inclusion is what we need in order for all of us to succeed. Oh, we're round two. Ooh, look at two. So that just makes sense. It just makes sense. But what have we seen? We heard. Yeah. I heard that. Right. If you haven't already, go check out our <laughs> bonus. I heard that <laughs> episode. But we ain't synced it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I heard nothing wrong. Synced. Right. <laughs> we ain't synced it. Okay. We like they truly have to invest in advocacy and sponsorship for black employees. If we're telling you, I do not feel comfortable here. If we're telling you, I do not feel comfortable enough to come back. If we're telling you, I didn't know I could actually enjoy my job until I had the opportunity to flexible to a flexible work arrangement or being able to work full time at home. If we're telling you things constantly, but you want to push people and say, I don't care how you feel. You need to come back. It's not that bad. Well, it's not your experience to rate whether mm-hmm. or not it's not that bad, Boom. but something you can do to put in place to make sure that all your employees matter now this one said <laughs> this is the one we you can swear all okay right. <laughs> all employees matter is that you need to make sure that there are programs set up for black employees to feel valued to feel as if they are truly an integral part in this machine that is a company that makes billions of dollars and they get a little chip off of it mm-hmm. but still valuing your employees all employees can be the determining factor between uh, employees staying with you or employee going and seeking uh, asylum somewhere else. Right? Is that work? Yeah. Is that work? It sounded. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Asylum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I think that's right. We'll see. Yeah. No, I think it's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, back to our good old friend McKenzie. <laughs> According to McKinsey, more than 67% of Black employees say they do not have a sponsor at their organization. So I do not have a sponsor at my organization. So that is taking away the one thing that keeps me coming back here every single day. My hope, mm-hmm. my my dream of enhancing my career, mm-hmm. uh, the feeling of uh, being valued. So why the hell am I going to come here happy, smiley, and everything else? Why do I continue to come back where I don't have the same opportunities that have been lined up with those who have come before me, with me, and after me? Yep. Why would I continue to be here? It's a wonderful hmm? question. Why do I want to come back in this motherfucker? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Right. So you, you, your commitment to those words that I heard need to be synced mm-hmm. up in there. Absolutely agree with that. A hundred percent, Isha. Everything you said was on point. Um, sponsorship is a huge thing because as a black employee, as a black woman in corporate America, it's not often that we are looked at for higher positions. We are looked over most of the time um, because mm-hmm. there's someone uh, with a penis and who is also white. <laughs> that is usually looked at that, first. That like with a penis that just so happens to be pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a pinky penis. There literally, you go. In <laughs> all the words. Oh jeez. <laughs> all means of the words. <laughs> but yeah, it's usually someone like that that they look for first, and we always say it like, likes, like, and it's counterintuitive to those already in management to hire someone who is not like them. So. When you have a sponsor in these circumstances, it makes it a little bit easier for you to come up in conversation because they speak of you and they speak highly of you. It makes it a Mm -hmm. little bit easier for you to get your name in the hat because they bring you up. They talk about the different projects that you work on. They 
let people in decision-making capacities know that you are someone of value and you are working wholeheartedly towards advancement, that that is a part of your plan. So the sponsorship category matters. And the fact that we still have such a difficult time finding sponsorship, attaining sponsorship, that that is not a priority that with like, likes, like, it's really hard to expect that some white man is going to come down and have his little hero complex and try to save you and be your sponsor in a situation like that. Like that's also uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. it's just a it's lot. It's a project. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be somebody's project. Right. I just want people to realize that I have the skills necessary yes. to take us to the next level. Yes. A hundred percent. Point blank. Mm. So much to that. Look, I don't want to be that office pet to office threat. And if mm. you don't know what we're talking about, go check out one of our past episodes to explain how a lot of professional black women go from being, oh, she's a joy. She's wonderful to she I can't stand her. She she just thinks she's so full of herself. I don't get too far into it, but you know what you can get far into? Rate and reviewing us <laughs> wherever you are listening to this the podcast. Transition. Love the it. transition they'll be having nothing to do with each other but guess what we're here and where we are five stars that's hey. where we are <laughs> yeah make sure that you want to be a part of the change too the change to make sure that we get out there to more people just like you with these messages and we get all all black full-time black women matter <laughs> yes yes so the last um point that we will make How can employers change the work environment to make black employees feel more welcomed is to embrace change. (sighs) Change is hard for a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. It's hard for just about everybody. That's understood. However, change is necessary. It's the only way things can evolve. It's the only way that things can improve. It's a recognition Mm -hmm. that what has seemingly worked in the past can be improved upon, can be made better, can be made more efficient and effective once a change occurs. And that what was old is now broke. We already know that the more diverse a population is and that diversity is not only cultural, but also gender-based and idea-based, the more productive, more profitable it can become. So, The workplace has to change the values, not to say that they have to change because typically most companies have diversity and inclusion as one of their core values, quote unquote. Wado. Because Why if you're not going to follow through with it? Exactly. It sounds good. It sounds good. But we want to see the action. We want to see actual results. We want to see it put to work. We want to see things put in place that actually make a difference and make an impact as opposed to um, just hearing, hearing you talk good. Mm-hmm. It does. Like talk we don't said, matter we done heard it, but we ain't synced it. Exactly. So change the workplace practices to make them more inclusive, make the workspace more inclusive, encourage people to speak their minds, to share their thoughts, let that come through with your actions. So not only just asking, does anybody have any questions? But maybe just, you know, letting people who do speak up know that their thoughts and the opinions that they bring to the table, their ability to bring forth a perspective is appreciated. Like, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That's a great point. We'll definitely take this further. Like, make it actually mean something. We don't just want you to. um, What is the word? Go through the motions. Yeah. Don't go through the motions. Don't patronize us. Because we're not stupid. Yeah, We know when you bullshitting us. We know when Mm -hmm. you sitting there just saying stuff to be saying stuff. We we know. We see through it. We know when a piece of party is a brewing. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Don't piece of party me. I don't want it. Okay. I don't want it. I'm tired of pizza. I mean, what kind is it? What kind is it? We I'm just saying. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't know. Right? Well, why I you get to go home for work early? <laughs> Jesus. 
I already don't want to poop at the office, but you steady giving me a pan full of cheese. Thank you so much. And I'm going to give you back what you give me. Right. Goodness. But yes, we don't need pizza parties. We don't need team building exercises. What we need is equality, equity, and um, proper representation. We need all of that. Pay us properly. How about that? How about starting there? Oh, yeah, because you already know uh, the Black Woman Equals Pay Day is coming up. Yeah. And uh, we definitely going to talk about that. Y'all check out and wait for uh, an episode coming on about that one. But Mm -hmm. always, if we haven't talked about on a podcast, more than likely we have talked about on our social media. Go ahead and check out our Instagram and on Facebook. We're at Full Time Black Woman on Twitter at FT Black Woman. But yeah. Yeah. Stay in the conversation. And if you want to talk directly to us outside of the social medias, you can always send us an email contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com or you could go directly to our blog, fulltimeblackwoman.com and you could submit a question, a suggestion, whatever through there. So y'all, y'all allowed to be, we allowed to be accessible to y'all. Mm-hmm. We, we would give y'all access to us, but we talk about them clear people and people <laughs> who just, know them talk to aunties and all that. Nope. Yep. Not a, nope. Nope, they get the wall. Me, me, be right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, embracing change is totally important. And when employers, dear employers, when we ask for flexible work, you can't say that it can't be done anymore because we've seen it. Mm -mm. You can't say that we don't have it in the budget. It's not in our capacity. Let's put a pin in it and we'll come back to it. No, sir. No, ma'am. No how. No way. So. We got a year's experience that it works. Right. And if you particular company employer do not have the experience, there are a multitude of companies in your industry. I am guaranteed. And in other industries that have. So you can't even say there's no examples. It can't be done. Because it has. Yeah. And guess what? Those employees are going to go straight to those places that yes. are more, uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, technologically advanced. Flexible. Well, technologically advanced, but who are more not concerning for their needs, but what's the word? I want to say compassionate, but that's not, I mean, they are, but they're yeah. more, um, Receptive. They're more receptive to the needs of their employees. Yes. Mm-hmm. Accommodating. Accommodating. Yeah. English. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> English. But yeah. yeah, that makes a difference. So yes, employers, you will you will lose a ton of employees to your competitors if you do not embrace change. How about that? How about mm-hmm. that? And then who is going to contribute to your bottom line then? Because it won't be us. We don't already said we tied. You didn't hear us then. We enjoy work from home. We we prefer that, clearly. Mm-hmm. So don't be a coincidence to yourself, y'all. Feel free I'm to leave. Looking. <laughs> the opportunities are out there. Yes. Believe. Listen, we are going to go further into this on another upcoming episode. Okay. Yes. But believe us when I say the pickings is high. Mm-hmm. The pickings is high, okay? You may have to make a few changes, but right now you have the pick of the litter of where you would like to take your talents. I'm not going to get too far into it. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a juicy topic and it's yeah, one near yeah. and dear. So, uh huh. So, with that said, let's go ahead and get a little hashtag Casperish. All right. So, uh, for those who don't know, if you're new to listening, welcome. We appreciate you joining us on this episode. We hope you weren't triggered too bad and too bad and decide to come back. Um, but let's get Casperish. That means that we are going to get transparent. Let us um, let us let you know what our experiences were and how this topic relates personally to us. So, Isha, have you noticed from Black friends and colleagues any anxiety around the forthcoming return to the office? Yep. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Elise. I really appreciate. It. I love y'all show. Y- y'all, y'all the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. 
iPhone has been blowing up lately. Okay. What people telling me, oh my gosh, we got the official call, the date that we're going back to the office. Oh my goodness. Thankfully they pushed it back another quarter, but oh, they're having us come in hybrid like two days. I don't even want to go two days. I want to be able to stay home. We are able to, yes, it is popping. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because of that black office anxiety that people realize that they didn't necessarily have to have a part of their lives in order to live their lives. Mm. Like I just don't understand what you do not understand. Not everybody can fit into the same box in which you guys have tried to do in the past and treat all employees the same, but you weren't doing that. But now that people are coming to their um, uh, uh, particular places of work and saying, I cannot handle this or, and we're not going to tell you the reason why yeah. that's one thing we're not going to do because we can't, we don't have the, the environment or the spaces to be able to be truthful, to say why we don't want to come back to the office. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out some reason, some lie and not give it the truth which is crazy because that's the only way things could change. But then you don't want to target on your back by telling them the reason I want to come back. Y'all can't stay, y'all motherfuckers. Right. You know, you can't come out and say <laughs> the accuracy. Yeah, I get microaggressions. I don't really talk like this. I talk like this, homie. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like the psychological isolation. I can't do it. Just Nobody can really come out and say the true reason why and not feel as if. Ooh, it's some layoffs. They gonna get me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. So, I feel like what a lot of my black friends and colleagues have gone through or are going through, it's unnecessary. But we know what it's been like. I mean, I guess we got to taste a little bit of heaven for a while, and now it's like back to hell you go. Right. You got some gasoline draws you had on before. Mm-hmm. All right, want to make sure because. <laughs> It ain't going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be easy. Um, personally, I don't have to return to work. Hey. And I mean, return to the office and it feels glorious. <laughs> glorious. I don't have to go back there. Mm. Yeah. Because I was going to smack someone in their face so soon. But now I can be here. <laughs> yes. I was about to say some more rude stuff. I was like, I can't rhyme that curse word or something. Else. So I just stop. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have noticed, though, I've dealt with microaggressions. The microaggressions have dropped tremendously since Mm -hmm. working from home um the need to code switch i used to code switch i don't code switch as much now in my later part of my career Mm -hmm. um i feel as if because i don't give a damn number (laughs) i don't give a damn number and also (laughs) you know it is what it is my experience should speak for itself and if it doesn't then i'm tired of wearing the mask yes i i really really am um the psychological isolation, I understand how that could be something that hold people back, but I actually search for it. I want to be isolated. I want to be <laughs> by myself because I don't know how I will react in certain situations with certain people. So I, I, I definitely get that part, but I'm just joking, guys. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed a heightened sense of anxiety amongst my Black friends and colleagues about returning back to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elise, what's your piece on this? So I have noticed it from a few of my friends, um, especially those who. So I have uh, a friend who's in education. He he was ready to go back. Like he missed kind of the social interaction of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that. He had a little bit of anxiety, but at the same time, he was he was excited. So he was my one anomaly. Now, is he one of how's his work environment, though? Like, um, is he the only one, no, one of few, no, one of he's many? Definitely, yeah, he's he's one of many. So see the difference? difference. That's that three percent. Yes, he's in three percent. So I I totally understand mm-hmm. that. Um, but I will say though that the majority of let's see, a good amount of the people people who are closest to me have transitioned to be able to work from home most of the time or have a flexible schedule of some sort where they still get to keep working from home 
yeah. part of the week, um, if not the whole week. So the anxiety level has been reduced because they've been able to advocate for themselves in order to keep a part of their sanity in their schedule by working from home. And um, myself included, I advocated for myself because I, I did not I did not find it necessary to go back into that atmosphere. It was uncomfortable. Um, it was all the things, all the things we talked about. Um, I didn't have to, I didn't feel a need to code switch as much. If I had somebody writing fixing to in a fr- in an email, in a freaking email, <laughs> and tell me, well, I'm finna get it to y'all on Monday over the phone. <laughs> Ain't no code switching for me no more. I'm good. If you, if you can't understand that what I'm saying, difference. if you can't understand <laughs> what I'm saying right now, then we have we we just we have bigger problems. There's a comprehension and right. an issue. Like there's an English issue, not not anything English. else. Yes. Um. So the code switching, I definitely get that because I was just physically tired at times mm-hmm. when I used to be heavy into code switching. Like I said before, in later years. Um, as a, as older release, um, I had reduced that uh, a lot because that was just emotionally and mentally draining. Um, psychological as- isolation, um, not feeling welcomed and not feeling like I would be, my talent and my skills were respected and appreciated in the environment. So isolating in that I didn't have the same opportunities despite how qualified and the level of work I brought to the table, the level Mm -hmm. of professionalism I brought to the table. I didn't have the same opportunities in that respect. So I was isolated out of the, the pool of people who were being considered for upward mobility. Um, Yeah. That part of the psychological Isolation for me was frustrating and having to be in those environments and deal with those people who were considered ahead of me, who I knew weren't as qualified as me in certain positions and certain um, in certain areas was Mm -hmm. a lot to have to deal with. So the fact that I don't have to see them or interact with them on a daily basis is fantastic. Um, And just taking a break from microaggressions, I have gone from big, big curls (laughs) to locks, to short, twa, TWA. Like I've gone through mm-hmm. the gambit of hair and mm-hmm. I do not care. <laughs> and it just would be annoying to have someone care enough to say something. No matter what it looked like. Or to right. just, oh my gosh, you're what happened to your big curls? Talking about my wig. What happened right. to your big curly wig? I missed the- that was so cute. I just wanted you to look so fluffy. What? No. Why would you? <gasps> Why? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm Why? not being sucked into this. Not, I'm not, not being today. Sucked into this. Not today, Satan. But yeah, yes. it's just, I just. So yeah, I just want the companies to understand that this is not a game. Like we are stealing the show when it comes to setting up um, new businesses and being entrepreneurs and everything. So. Mm-hmm. If you Watch do not, back. right. If you do not embrace the change, we will become your competitors once again. Like it's just yes. not, it's not a game anymore. We're we are going to leave on a good note. Most times we'll leave on a if good we note. Know, I'm like, mm. yeah, most times we'll leave on a good note. We're not like ah. pissing on a desk and flipping over tables and oh, like, no, we ain't doing no crazy like, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just saying, most times we're not doing that type of thing. So we'll leave on a good note and. Either go to a competitor company and work for them because they are, like we said before, um, respectful of the mm-hmm. needs of their employees or we will become competitors and we'll just do yeah, what we the, do better than you. Yeah. That's the it. days of employers feeling as if uh, if you don't like you leave. Oh, okay. those have changed, right? baby boy. Yeah. You can't do that no more. Mm-mm. Not anymore because people are leaving left and right and they're okay with it. Yep. And they're succeeding. They're doing fine. So keep playing with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think we covered it. I think we covered all the things. You have any final, Jim? Um, I would have to say 
if you're in this space where you need to figure out what your next move is, uh, first, as Elise mentioned, advocate for yourself. If you feel that your anxiety cannot handle going back into the office, and it could be because of feeling the isolation, the microaggressions, and also the cold stress of cold switching, just all those onion—I mean, layers of the onion of why we are so stressed when it comes to being in certain workplaces. Advocate for yourself. Speak to your management. You know, you, you, I ain't telling you be a full self explain all the reasons why. Right. Bah, 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 bah. I'm just saying, have a plan set up that you could that you are able to discuss or possibly be able to get yourself on a flex schedule where you don't have to go into the office five days out of the week, maybe two, maybe three. Uh, just try to figure something else out. And if that doesn't work, you need to start looking. Yep. You need to start looking somewhere else because guess what? Your peace is what is important. Mm. Nothing else. Not their profits, you know, not the possibilities, not your performance. Your peace is what's important. So just when it comes down to it, you have to look out for you. If they don't want to change, change it for them. Mm. You could be out of this equation. So mm. I love it. Yeah. Mic drop on that. I ain't got nothing else to add. <laughs> so with that, that brings us to the end of another episode. We hope you enjoyed it and got all the gems and felt a sense of connection as we share our experiences with you. And remember, we are here for you full time from coffee to wine. And play your power perfectly. Peace. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Full-Time Black Woman is created, recorded, and produced by Elise Real and Isha Bell. For more opportunities to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul, be sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe to Full-Time Black Woman wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Help us build this community by sharing with other full-time Black women like yourself. Visit our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to see what's new or to reach out. If you have questions or want to add to today's topic, send us an email to contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fulltime Black Woman and on Twitter at FT Black Woman.